Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Texas Sports Nation podcast, American League Championship Series edition. I'm Steve Schaefer of the Houston Chronicle, along with Astros beat reporter Chandler Rome. And Chandler... It almost bears talking a little bit about what we're coming off, coming into this ALCS, but the Astros sweeping the Seattle Mariners, an epic 18-inning game three, a one nothing victory. Um, as we look at some of the things that happened in that series, I might ask you, what are your takeaways there that might apply to the series coming up against the New York Yankees? That you can never have enough pitching, and the Astros have enough pitching to get them exactly where they want to go. Um, this is a World Series caliber pitching staff, and I think that was on display uh, against the Mariners, who it should be noted are not the 27 Yankees. Um, that is not a great lineup over there. Um, Julio Rodriguez is very good atop it, but behind him there's not much. But if you shut out another Major League Baseball team for 18 innings, especially in a playoff game, a team that made the playoffs, that is, that's nothing to slouch at. That's nothing to denigrate or demean. Um, the Astros are going to go as far as their pitching staff takes them. And, you know, Jordan Alvarez obviously supplied some heroics in game one, and game two with his, with his bat. But, you know, otherwise the Astros offense was, was kind of what it's been all season. Very, very top heavy. Um, they got contributions from Alex Bregman. Kyle Tucker hit a big home run, but Jose Altuve went 0 for 16 in that series. Um, that, I think, if more than anything, just illustrates how dominant the Astros pitching was that Jose Altuve did not get a hit in that entire series. He went 0 for 8 in that 18-inning game, went 0 for 16 in the series, and the Astros still swept. Um, part of that was he was helped by Jeremy Pena having a very nice uh, rookie, uh, very nice uh, debut in, in the playoffs. Got a huge hit uh, right before Jordan Alvarez's walk-off in game one. Obviously had the home run in game three in the 18-inning game. So certainly we, ne- we didn't think the stage would be too big for Jeremy Pena, but he certainly proved that, you know, on the playoff stage, he was the same guy he was for 150, 160 games in the regular season. Um, you know, he played errorless ball at shortstop. He took better plate appearances. His quality of at-bat was markedly better. In the playoffs, you saw him spoiling some pitches foul. You saw him laying off some sliders. You saw you saw more pitches per plate appearance average in those in that ALDS than he did during the regular season. And then another thing you had to be excited about if you're an Astros fan is Yuli Gurriel. Uh, Yuli Gurriel, who was absent for almost all of this this regular season, coming off of the batting title last year, um, really kind of reverted back to the guy we saw um, all of last year. He went six for 15 in the ALDS. Um, that helped to mask Jose Altuve's down series. Now, um, 
I don't think Jose Altuve is going to go 0 for 16 again in the ALCS. Uh, the Astros better hope he doesn't. Uh, but it would be nice for the Astros if they could give some relief to their pitching staff, give them a little less margin for error to work with. Um, but, you know, as they showed in that 18-inning game, it, it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, they called on eight pitchers in that game, and all of them were, were – fantastic from guys like Luis Garcia who hadn't made a relief appearance all year to throwing five shutout innings to finish that game. Hunter Brown came in in his second ever playoff appearance, went two innings and, and all of this, you know, Hunter Brown, Luis Garcia, all these relievers came in knowing that one mistake ends that game. If you hang a breaking ball, that game's over. If you leave a fastball over the plate, that game's over because as someone that was there, I can tell you by about the 14th inning, everyone was just swinging for the fences. Everyone was just trying to get run into a ball, hit a ball out of the ballpark and get us out of there. And Jeremy Pena finally did in the 18th inning. And then Luis Garcia came in to save it. So um, kind of what I said before the series, I, I, I thought the Astros were the better team. Obviously I thought they would win the series, but it was not a, it was not a walkover. This was not the white Sox last year that the Astros just dismantled. They, they've had, They've had easier playoff series than that. The Mariners put up quite a fight, only a plus four run differential in those three games. So um, you have to have, have, give credit to the Mariners for how well they pitched, for how well they played, for how well they acquitted themselves in their first playoff appearance uh, in 21 years. You brought up an interesting point that I think uh, is going to carry over from the ALDS to the ALCS, and that is the fact that after two-plus seasons, uh, three regular seasons and two postseasons of having Runners start extra innings at second base. We don't have that anymore. And I think you make a good point. It, it seemed like the Astros were just trying to, and the Mariners, trying to end the game with a home run. Astros couldn't end one on it, but take the um, take the edge with that. You talk about high leverage innings. I mean, every one of those innings. But does it give a little the pitchers a little bit of a break, not having that that runner on? I guess it does. But I guess my question is, you know, offensively, is this just a deal that we're, we're going to see if another game goes extra innings? Because teams aren't – they didn't try to string hits together. And was it just um, – I guess what I'm saying is how noticeable was that change in people's approach in extra innings as compared to the regular season when a single can win a game for you? Well, I think it's obviously noticeable. And it's noticeable in how the Astros constructed their roster. I mean, let's, let's give James Click and his front office and his coaching staff some credit for how they constructed that roster. Because a lot of people, I was among the people asking why they carried six starters in a, in a best of five series, in a series that can only go five games. And, you know, if they don't have Luis Garcia on that roster, um, that's a different that's a different construction of that bullpen. And, you know, I think it, it speaks to the Astros' embarrassment of pitching riches that, they were able to throw Luis Garcia out there, and they still had Jose Urquidy in the bullpen in the holster. And Josh Miller joked after that 18-inning game that the Astros could have played 30 innings and been okay because they had that much pitching available. But I think, you know, with the extra inning mindset in mind that you're not going to start a runner on second base, it is going to lend itself to longer games. It is going to lend itself to more traditional baseball. And you have to prepare yourself for that. And it's why I think, you know, James Click and his staff loaded up on – on starting pitching. But yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly the approach changes when you don't see the runner out there at second base. Um, I think a little bit for the Mariners, honestly, it was, they were at home as someone that was there. I can tell you that the crowd was into it on every pitch. I mean, from the first inning to the 18th, they were up and at them and on every pitch. 
And, you know, you want to build momentum and everything, but, you know, you got to, you got a feeling in the 12th or 13th that everyone just wanted to come up and end that game. They just wanted to be the hero. And, and look, the Astros are really hard to string hits together against. I mean, they have the best pitching staff in baseball for a reason. And you're not supposed to be able to string hits together against them. So maybe that is the, the prudent approach to go up there and, you know, hunt a mistake, hunt a fastball and, and try to get it out of the ballpark. And, um, you know, I don't think that's going to be the the norm going forward. I just think that, you know, you had a, you had an extraordinary situation happen where, um, you know, just both sides pitched extremely well. And, and that's just how it goes. And you saw it in the wild card series with the Rays and the Guardians. They had a similar game and only went 15 innings and a home run ended that one as well. So there, there was there, there's some merit to that, but I just don't know how many 15 to 18 inning games we're going to see uh, going forward. Well, as we look ahead to the American League Championship Series, you mentioned Jose Altuve 0 for 16 and the DS. He gets a reset button. Also getting a reset button is Justin Verlander, who really was the outlier of the Astros pitching staff in that series. He Let's face it, it was a clunker of a game one start for him. He'll get the nod in game one against the Yankees. He did have a successful start against them this year, one run allowed in a seven inning appearance in which he won. Uh, your observations about from Verlander in game one and what you think we're going to see from him going forward? Well, it's very rare to see him give two clunkers in a row. So I think the Astros have to feel comfortable sending him out there. Against the Mariners, I'm not real sure what went wrong. I mean, he, he wasn't commanding his fastball very well early. Uh, when he was spraying the fastball everywhere, he had to go breaking ball heavy just to, to establish himself to get the ball over the plate a little bit. And then when he did start commanding the fastball, it was just in bad locations. I mean, it was just an all systems failure for him. Uh, the fact that he survived four innings is, is kind of miraculous. I mean, he gave up 10 hits, six earned runs. Um, he joked today when he was doing his interview on the podium, when he was asked about the depth of the Astros pitching staff and when he was asked about kind of, is this the best staff he's ever been a part of? He ended it with, well, you know, look, look what the Mariners just did. You know, uh, they couldn't score on anybody except me. And, and it was kind of funny to hear the uh, presumptive AL Cy Young winner talk about that. So um, this is a this is a Yankees team that he's seen before. Um, I, I do think maybe there was uh, something to be said about the familiarity the, the Mariners had with him. He faced them six times in the regular season, the, mo- the most of any team that he saw in the regular season. I believe Verlander only saw the, the Yankees once. In the regular season, now um, the Yankees have a better lineup. Obviously, they've got Aaron Judge, they've got Giancarlo Stanton, they, they, they've just got better players than the Mariners uh, offensively. So it'll be a challenge. Um, I, I think Verlander is going to benefit a little bit from the Yankees having to play today. Uh, today being uh, Tuesday, they had to, to beat the Guardians today, and then they're going to fly overnight, get into Houston early Wednesday morning, and then then play a game, play game one that night. So I think he'll benefit a little bit from that, but. Um, it's certainly a matchup going in that the Astros feel they should win. Uh, Verlander against Jamison Tyone, who uh, couldn't crack the the Yankees ALDS rotation. And, you know, they passed him over on regular rest to start Nestor Cortez on short rest in game five of the ALDS. So it's certainly game one would be a matchup that you think the Astros do have the, the upper hand. But, um, you know, that's why they play the game. I would note it's interesting that Tyone, in uh, one of the losses to the Guardians, pitched the 10th inning and couldn't get anybody out. I think he faced three batters, two of them scored, and so uh, now he'll get a a chance to start. Um, Looking at the series between the Astros and the Yankees, the the Astros, of course, won five of seven in the regular season. And in fact, the Yankees never held a lead in any of those games until Aaron Judge walked a pair of them off, one with a single, one with a home run. Um, The thing that I observe, and you wrote about this as well, and it might be worth talking about, is that the Astros' approach 
to the Yankees hitters. The Yankees are known as a patient team, but the Astros really didn't play to that. I mean, the the Astros went right after them. Do you expect them to just keep that approach in this series? Yeah, the Astros had a pretty clear plan of attack in the in the regular season, and it was just to ambush them with fastballs. It was to give them hittable pitches and let them get themselves out essentially. Uh, and look, this isn't a novel approach. Um, it's also one that the Astros are good at because they've got a lot of fastball throwers. I mean, Justin Verlander subsists on a four-seam fastball. The same thing with, um, you know, Lance McCullough Jr. does it a little bit differently. He's not on a four-seam, but he's got the sinker that he can throw. Uh, Christian Javier, when if and when he starts game four, obviously a ton of four-seam fastballs up in the zone. He started that no-hitter uh, against the Yankees in the regular season. Fromber Valdez is probably the only outlier does uh, more spin, does more sinker, curveball thing like stuff like that. So, um, I, I think their their plan in the regular season was basically to say everyone had been a little bit afraid to pitch to the Yankees because you got to remember when the Astros went in there, it was when the Yankees were just rolling. They were on a hundred and twenty win pace. Everybody thought this was like the greatest team ever assembled, and, and you know the Astros went in there and they. And they were pretty outright and said, you know, look, we're not going to be scared of them. We're going to come right at them. We're going to, we're going to pitch them and, and we're going to see what happens. And the Astros have a good enough staff to where that worked. Um, the Yankees are also not stupid. They, they can go back and look at the film. They can go back and look at the, the scouting reports and things, and they know how the Astros pitch them. So they're going to adjust. And I think it's going to be up to whichever team makes the greater adjustment because, um, you know, I don't think the Astros can do what they did in the regular season and get away with it in the playoffs for six or seven games or however long this series goes, because, you know, baseball is a game of adjustments. You know, everyone knows what you've done already and it's up to you to find a different way to get people out. So um, I'm not saying the, the Astros are going to stop throwing fastballs. That, that's kind of how they, they pitch and that's how they, they live. But it may be different sequencing. It may be different locations, things like that. But certainly it works in the regular season. Like you mentioned, the Astros uh, played the Yankees seven times. There was never a pitch thrown where the Astros trailed. Um, that should that, that is a remarkable stat. Um, certainly something that I think the Yankees remember. And I think, you know, it's cliche to say, but, you know, you throw out all the past regular season stats and records and all that when you get to this point uh the yankees had a bad second half but i mean they still won 99 games uh this is still a team that is loaded with with talent with with guys that are you know very very good play they have they have aaron judge who's gonna win the mvp going away i mean this is this is a good club uh i would not be surprised if uh I don't think the series is a coin flip. I, I think the Astros should be favored, and I, I think they are the favorite to win this series. But, you know, this is not just going to be, a, like I said about the Mariners, this is not a walkover. I mean, the Yankees are really, really good. And if you catch them playing at their full potential, uh, they can certainly catch the Astros. The one thing I thought, we've talked about a little bit before the playoffs started or before this ra- uh, the previous round started, regarding the Yankees and the Guardians. And I kind of felt like, well, I give Cleveland a chance because of its pitching, but the Guardians just do not hit home runs, and the Yankees had that advantage. Harrison Bader hits three home runs in that series. He becomes only like the th- joins Mickey Mantle and Bernie Williams as far as center fielders hit three home runs in a postseason uh, single postseason for the Yankees. And you look at like Anthony Rizzo. I think he hit about two twenty four. John Carlos Stanton two eleven. But they can hit the long ball, and that's that's the dangerous thing about this club. That said. Do you still think Dusty Baker's going to take a do not let Aaron Judge beat you approach in this series, which he did not do in the regular season? 
I think he has to. Uh, I think there's two guys you don't on this team you don't want to pitch. You, you got to keep Giancarlo Stanton. You got to keep Aaron Judge in the ballpark. I think you're you're not okay if you lose, but I think you're okay if you get beat by Labor Torres, Josh Donaldson, Oswaldo Cabrera, Anthony Rizzo, anyone like that. Like, I, I just don't think you could live with yourself. If you're the Astros, if you're Dusty Baker, I don't think you could live with yourself if you let Aaron Judge beat you. The guy that set the American League home run record this year um, is going to be the MVP. MVP. There is not a ton surrounding him. Uh, part of the reason why he should be the MVP going away is that he saved the Yankees' season. I mean, when they were spiraling in the second half, when they couldn't hit, when they couldn't get much going, he was still producing. And I think the thing that's so great about him, and I think the thing that's so um, admirable, is that you know teams know this. Like teams know that like he's the only person to look out for, and they pitch him accordingly. They pitch around him. They pitch him tougher than anyone in the lineup, and he still hit 62 home runs. And he's still um, a very, very good player and very good hitter. So uh, I think those two guys, you really can't let them get loose. And like you saw today, I mean, look at look at how they beat the Guardians today. It went single, walk, Giancarlo Stanton, three-run homer, it, uh, Aaron Judge, solo homer, and then they manufactured another run, five to one. Um, I think, you know, I, I think when you look at this Yankee club, Home runs are just going to kind of be a part of it. You have to you have to just kind of accept that. I don't think you need to keep them solo shots. You need to eliminate everything around the home runs. You need to eliminate the walk before the home run, the single before the home run, the, the two or three guys on and hit a home run. You know, I, the old adage is that solo home runs don't beat you. And I think that the Astros can get through this series adhering to that, that, that solo home runs don't beat them. And I think they're fine. You know, look, if Aaron Judge hits six home runs in this series and they're all solo home runs, I think you're you're cautiously okay with that, presuming four of them aren't in one game. And it's interesting to look at a couple of judges' numbers. I mean, it, against the Guardians, he was four for 20. He struck out 11 times, but half of those hits were homers. And against the Astros this year, he was four for 27. That's 148, but he had two walk-off hits, including one of his two homers. So he's just, he's just always dangerous. Uh, you can't ever assume you're going to get that strikeout. One thing that's interesting about this series as well, well, let me go back to one thing about protection, I guess I would say. Jordan Alvarez is kind of the flip side of that for the Astros. And my question would be, with Pena as that table setter, at least, and with Alex Bregman behind him, do you see the Yankees taking an approach with him in terms of don't let him beat you? Or is Alex Bregman kind of at least counterbalance that a little bit with the series he had against Seattle? I think Alex Bregman helps. I think Alex Bregman helps in the fact that like he's just an on-base machine. I mean, he he may not hit the ball to the ballpark. He may not be having the greatest, you know, offensive season, but he's going to see pitches. He's going to he's going to be a tenacious at bat. Um, this is not just a free out behind him. And I think that was the problem early uh, earlier before Jeremy Pena got hot. Is Jeremy Pena? That was the problem Jose Altuve had. Is that Jeremy Pena was functioning as close to an automatic out as you could be in the two hole for much of August and much of September. And so teams were okay with, with, you know, doing that and getting to Pena and things like that. So um, Bregman, I think does provide ample protection, provides fine protection for Alvarez. Um, I, I think there will be situations where you do see, you know, Aaron Boone pull a Scott service and, you know, maybe walk Jordan Alvarez in a situation that you wouldn't think an intentional walk would be, would be handed down. And, um, Alex Bregman made Scott Service pay uh, in game two of the ALDS, getting a single and scoring a huge insurance run after Jordan Alvarez was intentionally walked in front of him. I can see that situation happening again against the Yankees, and Alex Bregman's going to have to make them pay. 
One interesting uh, little fact I came across was the fact that uh, Alvarez is the uh, fifth player in Major League history in the postseason to be walked with a man at first base as the only base runner, but to put a guy in scoring position. The other four, Barry Bonds twice, Frank Robinson, Willie Stargell, Mel Ott, all those except Bonds in the Hall of Fame, and some of us think Bonds should be there as well. Um, the thing I was going to mention that's unusual about this series, at, at least this LCS, is the scheduling. Games one and two in Houston, an off day on Friday, and then if this game, if this series proceeds beyond four games and five and goes to six or seven, th- there are no off days after game two. How does does that does that? I guess what my my question is. How much more of an advantage does that give the Astros? Because Garrett Cole is not going to be set up to pitch until game three. So if they were to go with him in a game seven, he'd be on short rest. But also, what about the Astros in terms of they can start Verlander and Valdez twice, but if you get McCullers, if it goes to seven, what do they do then in terms of he'd be going on short rest? Well, I think that's going to affect who starts game two. I would not be surprised if Lance McCullers Jr. starts game two of this series and not Fromber Valdez for that exact reason you just said. Um, I don't think they want Lance McCullers pitching on short rest. I I know they don't want Justin Verlander pitching on short rest. So the way they can have it done is the the one guy in their rotation they feel good about pitching on short rest is Fromber Valdez. He bounces back the best. He's the most resilient guy on staff. I would think that they would pitch him in game three. And, and if it got to a game seven, obviously all hands would be on deck because that is a win or go home game inherently. But Fromber Valdez could much easy, much more easily pitch game seven on short rest if they had to. And they could have Lance McCullers Jr. in game six on full rest. So I, I would not be shocked if Lance McCullers Jr. starts game two and not Fromber Valdez for that reason. But as far as advantages go and as far as the schedule, I think the advantage for the Astros started today. Um, the fact that they didn't have to play today. The fact that, you know, the, if you look at the way this could set up for the Yankees, you know, Nestor Cortez went five innings today and then they went to four relievers to finish the game. You know, there's a situation where there, there, there is a, there's a scenario that exists where the, where the Yankees could have to pitch some relievers seven times in eight days. And, and the Astros aren't going to have that, that, that problem. They've, they've had these days to rest. They've had these days to get their pitching lined up. Um, I know the 18 inning game was what it was, but for what, for being an 18 inning game, none of their pitchers were overworked aside from Luis Garcia, who threw five innings out of the bullpen, but he's a starter. Um, none of their pitchers were tremendously overworked. They obviously only played three games. Um, so I, I think the Astros have all the advantages in the world as far as pitching setup goes. And as far as, you know, being able to, get who they want and put their bullpen out there and have the rest they want. But, you know, this can get upside down pretty quick. And you, you saw it in game one. And I think, um, you know, Dusty Baker alluded to it today and Justin Verlander did as well. You know, Jordan Alvarez hitting that walk-off home run in game one of that of that ALDS. I, I know obviously it was a big deal. They won the game. But, I mean, that thing could have been so upside down for them after that. If, if they'd have lost that game, burning Christian Javier – in a game that you lose, Justin Verlander being out doing that, you know, they, it, it is imperative for them to to get out to an early series lead in this because if your pitching gets upside down and you saw it last year in the ALCS and you saw it last year in the World Series with the Astros, your pitching can get upside down real quick. And the Astros need to avoid that, but they have got it set up to the point where it would take a pretty 
uh, epic implosion by a couple of guys for it to get real upside down real quick. The Yankees, I can see it happening, you know, a little easier because they've had to play so much because that series against the guardians went five games because of the rain out because of all that stuff. Um, the Yankees are in a much more vulnerable position. Um, but you know, everything on paper is on paper. You still have to go out and execute. We can talk about the Astros having the best pitching staff ever. If they don't go out there and execute, then it's all for naught. Well, it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's the third time in the last six seasons that the Astros and Yankees have met in the American League Championship Series, Astros winning in seven games in 2017 and six games in 2019. They're going to be at it again, and this Astros team is in an LCS for the sixth consecutive year, a feat topped only by the Atlanta Braves in the 1990s. It's it's going to be exciting, and I think it's interesting, Chandler, that I don't know if the powers that be are thrilled about a Phillies-Padres National League Championship Series, but I have to believe they are delighted to get an Astros-Yankees Series. Yeah, I think if you hooked MLB uh, execs and marketing people up to truth serum, I think they were the biggest Yankee fans in the world today uh, during Astro- during Yankees Guardians Game Five of the ALDS. I I would I would not be shocked to to hear that when Giancarlo Stanton's ball got out in the first inning, there wasn't some MLB marketing people that gave a a slight fist pump, if you will, that, that they get to market this. And look, it's 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 everyone's favorite villain in the Astros and the, and the most marketable team in baseball in the Yankees. I mean, it's everything you could want. Uh, these two teams, I don't think they dislike each other. I think the, the, honestly, the Astros and the Mariners dislike each other more than the Astros and the Yankees. I just think it's more of an organizational thing. I think it's more of a fan base thing. I think there are some fr- mutual friends on each side of this, this aisle between the Astros and the, and the Yankees, but between the fan bases, between the front offices, between like even the owners. I mean, Jim Crane has lashed out at Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, and vice versa. I mean, there's no love lost. Uh, I, I think um, I think this will be a compelling series and one that, like we said, I think the Astros have the better team on paper. I think they have the more complete team. They have the better pitching staff. But uh, as they say, don't let the Yankees get hot. Don't let the Yankees believe they can do it. Because if you go to Yankee State, and I, I'm, again, this is going to be – Captain obvious here, but you get the first two games at Minute Maid Park, you cannot fall in a 2-0 hole and go to Yankee Stadium down 2-0. The Astros have to get at least one of these games at Minute Maid Park uh, because, by the way, guess who's looming in game three at Yankee Stadium? It's Garrett Cole, who um, another break for the Astros will probably only pitch once this series on full rest. But like you said, if it goes to a game seven, then it's all hands on deck. He was actually available, they said, uh, for an inning if they would have needed him on Tuesday, so you know Aaron Boone would pull out the stops if that goes. But it's going to be a fascinating series. It's fun when these two teams meet. The eyes of the baseball world are going to be on Houston on Wednesday night when the American League Championship Series gets underway at 637 at Minute Maid Park. You can keep up with all of the postseason action for the Astros. We'll do a live blog at HoustonChronicle.com during the game with Chandler and myself uh, contributing to that. And you can certainly um, get all the inner workings of the ALCS. If you follow Chandler at Twitter, Chandler underscore Rome and read them on HoustonChronicle.com and in the pages of The Chronicle. We thank you for joining us for this Texas Sports Nation podcast, and we look forward to talking to you again very soon. 